Hello, fellow Rebel Capitalists. Hope you're well. So I got to thinking this morning about all of the economic data that has been coming out that paints a very rosy picture. Well, not all, but the few bits of economic data that point to or that paint a very rosy picture that all the mainstream media outlets gravitate towards, they hang on to, and then they use these data to just to prepare a specific narrative that they then try to jam down your throat. That no matter what you say out there in the real world, no matter what the average Joes and Janes are saying, the economy is booming. So just shut up, stop complaining, and just enjoy how good you've got it. And we've seen this consistently with the unemployment numbers. And it it just makes you scratch your head and you say, well, wait a minute. If I was trying to make it seem like things were a lot better than they really were, the very first thing that I'd do is I'd try to juice the unemployment numbers because th that's the extent to which the mainstream media thinks. It's like unemployment good, economy good. That's That's the level of nuance that they get into. And unfortunately, that's uh, to a certain degree, that's with the general public as well. But what the general public get to see is their own pocketbook. What they get to see is their own bank account. What they get to see is their own job or their income relative to inflation or their job opportunities. And not only with them, but their friends, their family members, their coworkers, everyone else around them. You know, the kids getting out of school, out of college, they, they, they have boots on the ground intel as to how hard or easy it is to get a job that will actually pay the bills. And these people also have incredibly good insights that the people who drive this narrative don't have about whether or not you have to get two or three or four jobs just to make ends meet. So it becomes kind of a head scratcher as to why they would, if, if they are juicing the numbers, you know, why are they doing this, right? Obviously the Republicans would be incentivized to do the exact opposite. Now, I get it. The Democrats would be incentivized to just to keep Joe Biden in office. But my conspiracy theory is it might be far more sinister. Let's go over to this article from the Wall Street Journal. We'll go through it here, and I'll, ex I'll explain to you exactly my thought process. And then you guys can come to your own conclusion. So the title of this article, and I'm sure you guys have seen these articles all the time. And it's not just on CNN. I mean, you see it on Fox. You see it everywhere right here in the Wall Street Journal. Why are Americans or why Americans are so down on a strong economy? I mean, they're making that statement definitively. So why are all these people complaining about not being able to make ends meet? Don't they know they're rich? That's basically the argument. Many feel their long-term financial security is vulnerable. Uh, okay. What the article says is that's due to wide-ranging social and political threats. So th this is what you, the vibe that you get through this whole article is people are feeling this way because they don't like Joe Biden and they don't like Donald Trump. It's like, come on, come on. Look, if, if someone's making a million dollars a year and their expenses are a hundred thousand dollars a year, do you think that they're going to be down on the overall economy, regardless of who's in office? I mean, come on. And by the way, why, how good of, uh, are these polls here? Like if we're asking people questions, are we not asking them specifically what they feel about the economy? 
or how they view the economy. If our goal is to understand how they view the economy, <laughs> I mean, aren't we compartmentalizing these things here in these studies? What are we doing? So it makes it seem like the mainstream media is making a concerted effort to jam this narrative down your throat. The economy is good. The economy is good. The economy is good. And if your friends tell you anything different, then they're stupid. They're just not appreciative. And if you don't think the economy is good, well, then that might be your circumstance, but you are an isolated instance or your, um, your story is isolated to you and it doesn't apply to all everyone else because everyone else is doing great. Everyone else is getting rich. You know, maybe you have some bad luck or maybe you haven't worked hard enough, but look around you, man. Let's not complain. Let's get out there and, and buy a house, buy Dogecoin, buy whatever you can. You're going to get rich too. And you're going to reap the spoils. And at some point in time, if we, the mainstream media and politicians do a good enough job of convincing people that the economy is strong, then they're going to realize that the economy is actually booming. This is their message. Think about how ridiculous that is. Think, think about how condescending that is. But would you expect anything less from the central planners? And let's be very clear. It's not like the central planners are, it's not like the left has a monopoly on central planners. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. I would argue there's just as many central planners on the right as there are on the left. It's just politicians in general believe that they are smarter than everyone else. And if it wasn't just for those dumb rubes in the real economy, the average Joe and Jane, then life would be great. But it is a head scratcher as to why they're so persistent with this narrative. Like I've never seen it like this. I, I've seen you know some articles when I read the Wall Street Journal or the mainstream media from 2007, 2008, or I've, I've read it going all the way back to the 1940s. And you see this sometimes, but, but not to the degree to which we see it today. It's like almost every single time I, I open up the, uh, uh, I go online or you look at the news, there's someone saying how great the economy is. But yet when you talk to people, they're like, this, no, the economy is declining. I can't pay my bills. I mean, I've done videos on this channel where we've talked about based on their statistics, how 40% of the people right now making $100,000 a year can't save money. They're living paycheck to paycheck and they're making a hundred grand a year. You're telling me that's a great economy? When the average, let's say, income per year is what, 35, 40, 45 grand? But anyway, let's get into this article here. They say there's a striking disconnect between the widely shared pessimism among Americans. It's just, I'm almost at a loss for words as to how obtuse you could be if you were in the mainstream media. And, and you know, I don't want to use profanity, but, but it's the only way that I can really express my view on this. It's like, how much of an asshole do you have to be to acknowledge that everyone out there in the economy is complaining that times are bad, and you're sitting there saying, no, you're wrong? Like, what level of arrogance do you need to have? And it's simple. You just need to be a central planner. Their core view is that they're smart and everyone else is stupid. It's, it's really irritating, though, to say the least. So anyway, consumers are spending briskly behavior that suggests optimism. Okay, so you're telling me, again, that the way they're behaving, they're, they're obviously very optimistic. 
So I don't know why they're telling me that they're pessimistic. I mean, you've never thought to dissect that a little bit further. And maybe, just maybe, they're not behaving in a way that's optimistic. Maybe you got the numbers wrong. But again, I in, in my conspiracy theory here, which we'll get into in just a moment, is that they know this. They know this. And they're intentionally trying to promote this narrative. They're intentionally trying to get people to believe this, to sweep the reality under the rug. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options, Jason Hartman, real estate, and Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow Rebel Capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Let's keep going. The disconnect has puzzled economists, investors, and business owners. But uh, it, it, again, give me an example of this, right? It, 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 it seems like the narrative is lacking facts, but but press Americans harder and the immediate ec- uh, economy emerges as only one factor in their gloomy outlook. Okay. But again, then you're asking the wrong questions and then they go over charts here unemployment rate. They're saying, look at this, how amazing this economy is. The unemployment rate is down below 4%. We've got inflation coming down. And then when they go over, they see, they say they've interviews or they've done interviews with Americans across the country, some affluent, some just scraping by, some with advanced degrees and other blue collar jobs, Republicans, Democrats, etc. They show they're weighed down by fears of an unpredictable world in which no one or government or business is competent to steer the nation through precarious times. Okay, but you don't think some of that or maybe all of that is due to their economic troubles and that what they're saying here is a completely separate concern? It seems like at the very least, this is intellectually lazy or just intellectually dishonest. Let's get into some of their personal stories here. Teresa Foster estimates her family's net worth is up because of the value of their home in suburban Albany, New York. It's risen 20% since the pandemic started. But every time I go to the store, I'm shocked by the prices. So the mainstream media or this, the, the people who push this narrative will sit there and say, oh, look at nominal wages. Look at nominal wages. Look at nominal wages. But I just had a conversation with Steve Keen where he rightfully pointed out that, yeah, nominal wages are great, but does it matter if your house price has gone up by 20%? If the price of the stuff you buy has gone up by 30, maybe that's why people are saying that they're struggling economically. And maybe they're out there buying more or spending more because the damn prices have gone up. So yes, when you look at the nominal stuff they're buying, they're buying, uh, they're spending more, but they're getting less is what I'm trying to say. So, and, and this uh, Teresa Foster, who's saying that, you know, economically, 
that they're really struggling with prices here. They point out that she makes $200,000 a year combined income with her husband. And she see, and she says, I feel like we're really on thin ice. So you see what the, the narrative pushers are doing is just looking at the price of her, look at the, oh my gosh, this gal's making 200 grand a year with her husband. Well, times must be good. Not understanding that in order to live, they've got to spend $250,000 a year. Moving on, Foster, 57, earned a master's degree on a GI Bill benefits and works part-time at a nonprofit while her husband works full-time in human resources. To her, the notion that cooling inflation should ease her financial worries is akin to telling a person who is bleeding out that the flow of blood has slowed. Well said, Foster. Well said. The politicians seem to be making out really good. Here's another quote from a, a, a real person in the real economy. The politicians seem to be making out really good and then everyone else is struggling, said, uh, I don't know what this person's name is, who is a 52 independent voter. Uh, she earns about $90,000 a year and she had her student loans forgiven. So she's making 90 grand a year. She has no student loans, but she's saying that uh, I would assume that she, when she says everybody, is re really struggling right now financially. And yet we're just supposed to dismiss these people as, as crazies. Maybe, just maybe, the people aren't crazy and your metrics are wrong. Or maybe, just maybe, the metrics are being manipulated for a reason. So now let's go over or kind of get into this conspiracy theory that I have. And I'm not saying that this is my base case. I'm not saying that this is what's happening. I'm just saying, I think we should consider this a possibility. So let's just assume for a moment that the government or the central planners, the Klaus types and Bill Gates types, let's say they wanted to implement lockdowns in the future for whatever reason, climate lockdowns and the pandemic. I mean, who knows what they, the tricks they've got up their sleeve. We know definitively, this is not debatable, that they are Malthusians. They believe that there are way too many people and not enough resources. They also believe that when we locked everyone down or in a cage in 2020 and 2021, uh, when they locked everyone in a cage, I, su I should say, uh, this was fantastic for the, for the earth, for mother earth. We weren't out there polluting. We weren't doing these things that we weren't using as many resources. This is fantastic. So I don't think it's a stretch to say that they would be in favor of this level of, or lack thereof, this level of activity moving forward. And therefore, why would they not argue for periodic lockdowns, right? Even if they have to make up some reason to lock everyone in a cage, even if they have to make up some reason to induce enough fear to get people to demand that the government actually locks them in a cage. You know, I was on Twitter today and I had someone comment on one of my tweets and because uh, I was talking about this uh, this theory, this conspiracy theory, which again, I'm not saying this is true. I think it's something we should think about. And they said, only an idiot would abide by lockdowns in the future. And my message was, couldn't you say the exact same thing in 2019? And look how that turned out. So to say that people will just completely... Um, push back against lockdowns in the future. I don't know. It depends on how the government is selling it, right? So this takes me to the, the, the main point that I'm trying to make here is that if I'm 
a Klaus type, if I want to have the ability to implement these lockdowns moving forward with as little pushback as I possibly can, there's no way that I can allow people to connect the dots between a lockdown and a recession. So I'm, I have all the incentive in the world to try to make it seem as though there's not a recession. And if there is a recession, then I have to make it, I have to extend it out as far into the future as I possibly can, or at least with the narrative. I'm not saying that they can actually push out a recession. I'm saying just with the narrative that yes, we're in a recession or no, we're not. So uh, this is exactly what I would do. I would sit there and I'd say, okay, how can we make it, even though, and another thing in kind of where this line of thinking started was, let's just assume we go back to 2019. And I said, you know, what we're going to do is we are going to go through this thought experiment where we lock everyone in a cage for a year. We don't let them go to work. We basically shut down the entire global economy. Do you think that that's going to make the economy better or worse? Cue the Jeopardy music, right? Of course, everyone with an ounce of common sense would have said, yeah, that's obviously going to make the economy a lot worse. People are what make up the economy. It's the production of stuff, the buying and selling, going back and forth. And if that's not happening, if people are locked in a cage, then that's going to have a long-term consequence. There's, there's almost a 100% probability of that happening. Or else, why don't, we, why, why don't we turn this into an economic theory? I mean, if the economy is booming right now, then why don't we just shut down the economy every three years? I mean, that, that's a no-brainer. Right? If the economy is on fire, if unemployment's at all-time lows and all that took was for the government to increase their deficit to astronomical levels and send out stimmy checks. And think about this. We have this booming economy, and all we had to do is have people work less. To have a booming economy, we had to shut down the economy. As Orwellian <laughs> as that is, that's basically the argument right now. Because they're saying that, oh, well, whatever we did in 2020 or 2021, that didn't impact the economy. Not only did it not impact the economy, but there's an argument that it made it better because look at how we're running on all eight cylinders, you see? So when we go to the next lockdowns, there's not going to be any pushback whatsoever if they're able to sell this narrative. There's not going to be any pushback whatsoever from a standpoint of this creating an economic hardship. No, no. Whoa. If we lock you in a cage again, no, no, no. The economy is not going to suffer. Just look at the data. No, the last time we locked you in a cage, the economy did extremely, extremely well. So why would you not agree to locking yourself in a cage or agree to our mandates when we know not only is that doing a service to Mother Earth, but you're also doing a service to your fellow Americans, because we know that this is going to create a booming economy. And we know definitively that there's no way that it could possibly create a recession if they're actually papering over the fact that we're in a recession or that we have a recession in 2024. So what I'm doing here, again, is I'm not saying that this is what's happening. I'm not saying this is my base case. But what I am saying is that if you are a central planner, that wants to lock people in a cage 
at, at, for XYZ reasons moving forward, you are incentivized to make it seem as though the economy is doing really, really well. And anyone that doesn't believe that is just simply crazy. All right, guys, food for thought. As always, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism, <laughs> which means no lockdowns under any condition or for any reason whatsoever. And we'll see you in the next video.